Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, it's 11 August, <laughs> Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and uh, we'll get started today with uh, this guy here. And the reason why is because this is Mike Kane. He's from Charleston, South Carolina, and he came down here to celebrate his birthday today with yeah. us at the Superior Word. And so I thought, what an honor. We're starting the uh, Prophecy Update with this guy here. Real honor to have him here. He came down. He spent the day and the night with us yesterday. He got to do some recycling with me at the scrap place. And we uh, went. I went to the beach for the first time this year, I think, with him. We went swimming. And uh, we did a couple other fun things. I'm trying to think of. Uh, we went out for Thai food last night. And... Uh, uh, there's something else that we did that was coconuts. Fun. Coconuts. He learned to open coconuts yesterday. So yeah. So there you go. Anyway, it's good to have you here, brother, thank you. and uh, thank you for making this effort. I mean, that's a real honor that he would come down here just to have his birthday, and uh, his wife was very nice to do that because they got a couple young children in the house, and I understand one of them is teething, and so I'm sure she got lots of sleep last night. All I heard last night was snoring all night long. It's not true, but anyway, I know he slept well because there was no noise at all, and until eight chihuahuas started barking, time to go out. All at once, it's like a, a Christmas crescendo of noise, and, and then I heard him stir upstairs, so I knew that he was awake, but uh, wow, what an honor. Thank you for making this effort, and uh, let's see here. This is another cool thing. This is our 300th Prophecy Update today. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like we started these yesterday, and now we're up to number 300 today, so there you go, and um, I guess before I get into Israel, actually, this is, so this will be our first category, Israel, but something that has been posted all over the internet for the past couple of days. And you may have seen this. If not, that's fine. But um, uh, people are posting that a Jewish guy, a rabbi over in Israel, said he saw foxes by the Temple Mount walking around. And he said, what a prophetic sign. And, you know, this is a sign that uh, of good things. And he is completely, this is, you know, when the rabbis start saying something, listen, and I don't mean to be rude to them, but they skipped over Jesus. And that's why they went into punishment for 2,000 years. Okay, the leaders, the spiritual leaders of Israel are not on target prophetically. When somebody says, oh, well, we had a rabbi's son that had a prophecy about Gog Magog that came out a couple years ago, everybody watched it like it was valid. Listen, the Lord is Jesus, and he is not going to give prophecy to somebody that is not of Jesus. So please keep your theology in the context of Christianity, okay, or uh, Messianic Judaism, these the Jews that have come to Christ. But here are the instances of foxes in Scripture, just so you know. I printed off all of them for you. The first one, Judges 15.4, Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes, and he took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of the tails. And then he went and burnt up all the, uh, the fields with these things. Here's verse 15, When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. So this is Samson taking retribution on the Philistines, but it is a destructive act. Okay, the next one, Nehemiah 4.3. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So it's a derogatory term. Even a fox can do it. Okay, third one, Song of Solomon 2.15. Catch the little foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Once again, a negative connotation. The foxes come in and they destroy the vines. Okay, Lamentations, not a very happy book if you've read it, all right? 518, because of Mount Zion, which is desolate with foxes walking about on it. This guy was saying, well, Lamentations says that the foxes are walking on it, and that's a sign. He's taking that verse completely out of context. It is a sign of the destruction of Jerusalem, not its rebuilding, okay? Um, Matthew 820. This and Luke 9.58 are basically the same. They're just quoting the same thing. So I'll only read one of them. And it's just a statement. It's neither negative nor positive. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes 
and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So a fox has a place to sleep, the Son of Man doesn't. It's not negative or positive concerning the fox. And the last one, Luke 13, 32, and he said to them, go tell that fox, speaking of Herod, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Okay? Once again, it's almost a derogatory term that he's using towards Herod. He's saying he's a fox. He's somebody described elsewhere in scripture. So, so much for that. If you see that kind of stuff, ignore it, all right? Don't get into sloppy theology. It doesn't help anybody. It's sensationalism. I've seen people that have posted videos about this prophetic sign. I'm talking about Christians, and they're getting millions of views on something that is not even pertinent to Christianity. Please hold fast to the Bible and proper theology, okay? Um, let's see, our first article today is from the Times of Israel. Sediment wines cannot be labeled made in Israel up in Canada. Yeah, the federal court ruled that wines produced by Israel in the West Bank can no longer be labeled as made in Israel. Challenging, yeah, because they're, it's occupied territory and it actually belongs to the Fakistinians. And so challenging a previous decision by the Canadian FIA, the uh, judge determined that labels describing wines made in the settlements as Israeli products are false, misleading, and deceptive. Never mind the Jews went in there after 2,000 years, the first people to do anything with that land in 2,000 years. They put in vineyards. They've got the land to grow. There was nothing but brambles there for the past 2,000 years. But Canada says we can't label them, you know, no, I'm sorry. So it goes on and it says um, in her ruling, she did not take a position on how exactly such wine should be labeled, saying this was for the Canadian FIA to decide. Well, why don't they just decide that it should be labeled Israeli products? But the judge also noted that settlements are not considered part of the state of Israel, as Canada does not recognize Israeli sovereignty beyond the pre-1967 borders, which they legally won in battle. While the judge's decision is legal and not political in nature, it could potentially strain otherwise strong ties between Jerusalem and Ottawa. That wasn't a legal decision. That was, I'm sorry, that was a political decision by a lefty. There's no doubt about it. From JNS, bipartisan Senate bill to inquire about creation of U.S.-Israel Cybersecurity Center. This would be really great. Joint Cybersecurity Center between Israel and the United States. U.S. Senators Jackie Rosen, a Democrat from Nevada, and Mike Rounds, a Republican from South Dakota, introduced a bill to require the U.S. State Department to investigate potential benefits of establishing a joint U.S.-Israel cybersecurity center. Were the center to be established, it would be to leverage the expertise of institutions of higher education, the private sector and government entities in both countries in the areas of cybersecurity and protecting critical infrastructure. A similar joint center of excellence already exists for energy and water technology between our two countries. Okay, The bill would give the State Department one year after enactment to report to Congress, which would be left to act upon it. Cybersecurity continues to be a growing threat and we must address it immediately. By collaborating with our allies, especially the ones that really understand this stuff, we can better strengthen our cybersecurity defenses, said Rosen. This bipartisan legislation would help us take much needed steps towards establishing a joint cybersecurity research center with Israel, our closest ally in the Middle East, and a major hub for new and emerging cybersecurity technologies, which is true. They are the world's leaders at this stuff now. Similar bipartisan legislation was introduced in the U.S. House of Representatives in May. So once again, we have both houses of Congress on Israel's side, at least in certain issues. It is starting to fade on the, with the Democrats, but they are still willing to work together with Israel in these matters. From the Times of Israel, it's just kind of a, a, a sad story in my opinion. Senior rabbinate, that means the rabbis, the big poopahs over in Israel, the senior rabbinate, kashrut official to stand trial for bribery. Kashrut means the kosher foods, okay? He's been taking bribes. State prosecutors are set to file criminal charges against the former head of the chief rabbinate's import departments for allegedly accepting hundreds of thousands of shekels and bribes. Rabbi Yitzhak Arazai, who headed the unit responsible for certifying the kashrut, or kosher, of all foreign food products except for meat, since 1997, this has been going on a long time, allegedly spent years trading preferential treatment for large sums of cash, alcohol, and gifts. 
His office set guidelines and approved the importation of food from around the world, giving him significant leverage over suppliers. Some 10 importers are also expected to face indictments. RZ is likely the unnamed top official in the chief rabbinate's kashrut inspection arm that Israeli media reported was arrested late last year on suspicion of accepting bribes. At the time, police said there is no suspicion that non-kosher foods were sold in Israel under pretenses of being kosher. Boy, that would be the end of it. Wow. But only that the approval process for products imported by companies or individuals that offered kickbacks was expedited. In other words, it gave preferential treatment and we'll get you in quicker and that kind of stuff. After the arrests, the Hebrew language Walla news site quoted a rabbinate official slamming the suspects over the allegations, saying their alleged crimes had slowed the approval process for all imported foods. Every citizen of Israel paid out of their pockets for these bribes. It delayed all other products. So the people aren't happy over there about this. And, you know, it's just another one of those things that I cite from time to time, Ezekiel 36:22. Yet not for your sake, O house of Israel, I'm I going to do these things. Yet for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations. These are supposed to be the chief spiritual leaders of the country, and they're taking the names Lord in vain by taking bribes, which is specifically forbidden right there in their own Torah, their own law. Anyway, from Superior Word News, SpaceX launch of Amos 17 satellite successful. The satellite made separation from the craft on schedule 33 minutes after ignition. Communications with ground station was established. So it didn't take off last week, but it did take off this past week. So there you go. Christian news today. From Christian headlines, California lawmakers passed resolution blaming religious people for high suicide rates in the LGBT community. Yes, this is from California lawmakers, but I'm going to read this and I'm going to give you a little bit to think about. Okay, first, uh, well, let me just say that this is a law that they've passed and they're blaming the community, but it is a non-binding law. And I'm going to make a point about this in a minute. Lawmakers in California have passed a resolution that singles out the state's religious communities and forces them to fully support LGBT individuals. An astonishing bid to have people of faith conform to the pervading progressive culture, the legislature's even blamed religious individuals for many of the issues faced by those in the LGBT community, including suicide. So they're blaming all this on us, which isn't true. These people are mental. They had to be in institutions instead of being applauded. But anyway, the resolution which recently passed through the state assembly reads, the legislature calls upon all Californians to embrace the individual and social benefits of family and community acceptance of LGBT people. The document unapologetically pins blame on people of faith for being contributors to the skyrocketing suicide rates among the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender community. The stigma associated with being LGBT, often created by groups in society, including therapists and religious groups, has caused disproportionately high rates of suicide, attempted suicide, depression, rejection, and isolation among these people uh, and questioning individuals. Now, we know this isn't true. They've always had high suicide rates, and there's just a lot more of them now because they're promoting this as an agenda. So it has nothing to do with us condemning them. It has to do with them being dysfunctional people that ought to be either on medication or in a treatment center. But so with this assertion um, put forward as fact, the California legislature is effectively seeking to force religious people to agree with and support the LGBT community, even if they hold strong personal convictions that would draw them away from doing so, like us in this church. There is some good news, however. Because the political action is merely a resolution, please listen to this carefully, it is merely a resolution, it is not legally binding. And unfortunately, most people that have read this article have been posting this all over the internet, say we're being forced into acting against our own will in churches. It's not true. This is not legally binding. This is something that is called a resolution. They make a resolution, they do it all the time in the House of Congress. And I'll talk about that in just a second. It's not legally binding. It does, however, signify a serious shift towards the policing of belief systems that are held by millions of Americans. I will agree with that. It's not legally binding. The reason why I wanted to include my thoughts on that are because you will from time to time have people that will say, and you know, they'll email me and they'll say, well, I understand that the Noahide laws 
have been passed in the U.S. Congress, and they are binding on us, and that includes the execution of people by uh, beheading, okay? And this has been passed around again and again and again by people, and you go to websites, and they have it, and they cite the, the resolution, but nobody ever goes to read the resolution. So I'm going to read you this just so that don't ever email me about these Noahide laws because it is not true what you're being told on these websites. Um, the first one is the Noahide law from uh, uh, actually the HJ Resolution 104 to designate March 26, 1991 as Education Day USA. That's a resolution to make Education Day. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with the Noahide laws. And down there, in that resolution, I've got it right here. This is right from Congress site. Okay. It goes down there, and it talks about this one guy that they want to recognize as being a great legislator. And he was a, um, let me see if I can find him. Whereas, in tribute to this great spiritual leader, the Rebbe, this, his 90th year, he's an old guy, and they want to applaud him for being a, a great educator in America, will be seen as one of the education and giving this year, um, yeah, which we will turn to education and charity to return to the world to the moral and ethical values contained in the seven Noahide laws. This is what he taught, okay? It's like, I can teach that I want to turn the world to LGBT. It doesn't mean the world's going to turn to LGBT. That's just what I taught. And they're recognizing this guy for wanting to return to the Noahide laws, okay? And it is a non-binding resolution, they do these all the time. Abraham Lincoln did one of these. He said, a national proclamation for a day of fasting and abasing oneself, you know, in humility before God so that we can resolve the uh, civil war that's going on, right? You weren't required to do it. He was just recommending that you do it, okay? I'll read you another one now. Okay, we've got the Noahide laws out of the way. That is not true. If you read that somewhere, there is no conspiracy to have people chop off people's heads and we're under the no-hide laws. That's not a part of U.S. government policy. It is a non-binding resolution. Here's another one. Nobody ever sends this out and says, oh, how terrible it is. We're bound to this law because it doesn't fit the scheme. This is the exact same type of law. It's a joint resolution, Public Law 97280, 97th Congress, which is back in 1982, the year that I graduated from high school. Yes, I actually graduated. It says... <laughs> Whereas, listen to this, imagine this. Can you imagine how unappealing this would be to somebody in a conspiracy theory that wants to make Christians scared? Whereas, the Bible, the Word of God has made a unique contribution in shaping the United States. This is the same type of public proclamation as that stupid Noahide law that people get all bent out of shape over. Uh, has made a unique contribution in the shaping of the U.S. as a distinctive and blessed nation and people. Whereas deeply held religious convictions springing from the Holy Scriptures led to the early settlement of our nation, whereas biblical teachings inspired concepts of civil government that are contained in our Declaration of Independence and Constitution of the United States, whereas many of our great national leaders, among them Presidents Washington, Jackson, Lincoln, and Wilson, paid tribute to the surpassing influence of the Bible in our country's development, as in the words of President Jackson, that the Bible is the rock on which our republic rests, whereas the history of our nation clearly illustrates the value of voluntarily applying the teachings of the scriptures in the lives of individuals, families, and societies, whereas this nation now faces great challenges that will test this nation as it has never been tested before, and whereas that renewing our knowledge of and faith in God through Holy Scripture can strengthen us as a nation and a people now, therefore, be it. And then they go down and they make their proclamation. It's Happy Bible Day or Happy Bible Week or whatever. Okay? Please understand that just because somebody says something on the Internet, it doesn't mean it's true. And just because somebody posts something on YouTube and has a video with crazy stuff on it, it does not mean it's true. We have a public proclamation about the Bible, and nobody cares about that. But we have a public proclamation recognizing a 90-year-old guy that held to the Noahide laws and all of a sudden becomes U.S. government policy. That is not the way that we handle our, you know, our lives. Okay, don't get upset by those type of things. And if you see that being posted on Facebook, don't repost it. Okay, it's not true. Okay, we'll go on. From Christian Headlines. 40% of Americans believe in creationism and reject evolution. 40%. I would never have thought. I would have said 5%, maybe. Right. Gallup poll finds the nation's universities and mainstream media may be promoting evolution, but a large percentage of Americans still isn't buying it. 
40% of Americans say they believe God created human beings pretty much in their present form at one time within the last 10,000 years or so. They believe in a young earth, according to a Gallup poll released July 26. It is an increase from 38% in 2017, the last time the Gallup asked the question. Another 33% believe human beings have developed over millions of years from less advanced forms of life, but God guided the process. So they still have God in the equation. They just believe in a long-term uh, creation process, which is wrong. God created and that's it. The Bible does not give any other option than short-term creation. If you believe in long-term creation, that's fine. I'm not you know, going to hold it against you, but you are wrong. The Bible does not allow anything but short-term creation. We'll go on. Still another 22%, an all-time high, believe human beings have developed over millions of years from less advanced forms of life, but God had no part in the process. So that's 22% of the population. That's not a huge percent, okay? Americans' answers differ greatly based on their religion and church attendance. 68% of Americans who attend church weekly say they believe that God created humans in the past 10,000 years. I, I, just amazing. Among those who seldom or never attend church, only 27% pick that answer. Although the word evolution is not used in Gallup's three choices for answers, the text describes the evolutionary process. So it's not a biased you know, poll or anything. That really surprised me that we're still at that level in this nation at this time. I'm proud of people for believing that. Okay, before we leave the Christian category, I got something from Marcy. She's an attender online, and I've talked about this twice in the past month or month and a half, and her insights were so beautiful, I thought I'd include them. Ten reasons to attend the Superior Word online. Yes, number one. Superior Word Fellowship preaches sound doctrine in Old Testament as well as new, something that unfortunately a lot of churches aren't doing today. Two, informative Bible prophecy updates. Three, an online prayer chain with people who genuinely love and care about each other. Four, I can eat breakfast while attending church. Five, I can get on my exercise bike while attending church. Six, I'm not going to touch that last one. I'm sorry. If she's needing an exercise bike, that's her thing. I just read it, okay? I'm not touching it beyond that. Six, I can knit while attending church online. Good job, okay? Seven, online churches pet-friendly. Eight, bandanas. Nine, more bandanas. Ten, and still more bandanas. Yes. God bless you all, and happy Sunday, says Marcy. Apparently, she attends online. There you go. Uh, Islam today from BBC. Saudi Arabia allows women to travel independently. They were able to drive, and now they can travel independently. No permission needed. Women in Saudi Arabia can now travel abroad, not just in the country, abroad without a male guardian's permission. Royal decree says this isn't something that you know, this is the royal decree. Uh -huh. The new rule allows women over the age of 21 to apply for a passport without authorization, putting them on an equal footing to men in that regard. Women are also being given the right to register births, marriage and divorce. Things are changing in Saudi Arabia. A lot of the Middle East has got some freedoms. You know, I know some people that go to um, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and these places, and they really like it there. They say it's very open, and you want to obey the laws. You don't want to be crazy because you'll end up in prison, but they do have lots of freedoms. Saudi Arabia is finally gearing towards those other places, which think of the bondage these people have been in for all these centuries. You know, these women are being freed a little bit. Hopefully, you know, things will be good there, and there won't be a lot of blowback from that, but... I'm, I'm actually glad to see that. From the Times of Israel, White House demands info on any misuse of American funds by UNRWA. We've seen that they've been misusing funds, and now the White House is getting involved in this. In a letter to the UN, U.S. Mideast envoy Jason Greenblatt said reports of misconduct at the UNRWA were deeply concerning and called for the UN probe to be as transparent as possible noting that Washington was previously the largest donor to the UNRWA, providing billions of dollars to the agency, including nearly $3 billion of our dollars over the past decade. Greenblatt wrote that the admin was strongly committed to ensuring fiscal transparency and accounting to the U.S. taxpayer. 
if the investigation should yield any findings, which it will, of impropriety, which it does, including any related to potential misuse of U.S. funds, which certainly happened, we request immediate notification and access. Trump's former U.N. envoy, Nikki Haley, took to Twitter earlier this week to say this is exactly why we stopped their funding. Can we help you, ma'am? We're way late today. Hello, Mrs. Garrett. It's good to have you here. Uh, Let's see here. A confidential UN internal ethics report claimed mismanagement and abuses of authority at the highest levels of UNRWA, even as the organization faced unprecedented crisis after U.S. funding cuts. So we cut their funding and they were still mismanaging the funds. The allegations are now being scrutinized by U.N. investigators. Now, probably nobody will go to prison over this because they don't care, but I hope they find out what's going on and we send a bill to the United... Our president will do this. I don't know if anybody else would, but our president will send them a bill and say, you owe us this money that has been wasted by our taxpayers. I know President Trump. I'm not making a prophecy here, but I'll bet you that's going to happen. Mail online. Manchester Arena Bomber's brother, 22, the brother of a bomber is granted legal aid to fight his murder charges while the families of the 22 victims continue to be denied cash. This is the UK. They're giving defense money to this thug, this murderer, and they won't help out their own citizens. Hashem Abedi has been charged with 22 counts of murder over 2017 attack. His brother Salman carried out the attack by detonating a suicide vest. Hashem accused of helping by to buy chemicals and detonator for the horror. So he helped him out, and they're giving him a legal defense in the UK, and they won't give any money to the people that were harmed by that attack. Is he, is he related to uh, Probably. I don't know that. She asked, is he related to Obama somehow? Well, you know, that's, that's what? Could be Obama's son. Yeah, it could be his son, somebody said. Uh, Mongolia today, the diplomat. U.S. becomes Mongolia's fifth strategic partner. Remember they met last week? I reported on that where the uh, President Batulga and President Trump met at the White House. We are now their fifth strategic partner on July 31st after the meeting between Batulga and the U.S. I like that. That was funny. Uh, Batulga and the U.S. President Donald Trump, the U.S. State Department released the declaration on the strategic partnership between the U.S. and Mongolia. The declaration indicates Mongolia's successful utilization of third neighbor policy and makes the U.S. the fifth country to ink a strategic partnership with Mongolia. If anybody here can tell me the other four nations that have a strategic partnership with Mongolia, I will give you a Maserati. Anybody? No? Okay. Uh, Yes, Russia is one, Japan, China, and India. There you go. The U.S. is the fifth nation to sign a strategic partnership agreement with Mongolia. The declaration will create innovation, development, and diversified job markets. I've been smiling through that whole article because of what you and Beth said. It just, that tickled me. Daniel 12 technology today from New Atlas. Facebook-backed brain research decodes thoughts as words instantly instantly for the first time. They used to be able to decode it after checking them out and sending them through a scrambling device and blah, 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 blah. Now they can do it instantly. This is only a portion of the article, okay, but I'll read it to you. As with earlier research, this focuses on electromagnetic activity associated with intended control over the jaw, lips, and tongue. While patients may experience facial paralysis as a result of their injuries, the brain regions behind these movements often remain intact, which is exactly what the scientists are trying to take advantage of. The questions posed to the participants were simple queries, such as from 0 to 10, how comfortable are you? And how is your room currently? The subjects were then made to respond out loud with one of the 24 predefined answers. In time, the machine learning algorithm was able to correctly determine which answer they were providing based solely on their brain activity. Real-time processing of brain activity has been used to decode simple speech sounds, but this is the first time this approach has been used to identify spoken words and phrases. It's important to keep in mind that we achieved this using a very limited vocabulary, But in future studies, we hope to increase the flexibility as well as accuracy of what we can translate from brain activity. So someday somebody that is mute, can't speak at all, may be able to 
think their thoughts out loud through, you know, they may be simple thoughts, but somebody asks him a question and he says, yeah, I can do that or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, well, maybe he's paralyzed. He can't use his hands. He's doing sign language over here and, you know, anyway. Or ventriloquist. Or ventriloquist. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that would be good. Then you get somebody in trouble and I'm, I, you would, he would. Okay, Futurism says, Pentagon, new laser tech can make people hear voice commands. Okay, this is rather bizarre here. The Pentagon is working on a weapon that uses lasers and plasma to transmit sound files, even human speech, directly to individual people at great distances. So if you have somebody over there and you want to say something to him, he's a sniper and you can see a better angle, you could whisper to him and tell him what to do right into his ear through this laser, or there are other applications as well. Military researchers are working on ways to use lasers and plasma to control crowds. It's not clear how it works, and for now, the Military Times reports that the Pentagon scientists haven't yet built a speech-transmitting laser capable of passing through a wall, though officials believe it could be ready to deploy in as little as five years, so you could even talk to somebody through a wall. But as the tech progresses, the lasers could be beamed down from military planes or other vehicles to use to issue instructions or to disperse crowds of protesters or otherwise disgruntled people in the area. Now I can put it anywhere. Range doesn't make any difference, chief scientists told Military Times. Put plasma at a target, modulate it, and create a voice. So you start speaking, it modulates a voice into somebody's ear, and you could talk to somebody a mile, two miles away by the speed of light. That is pretty cool. Revelation plagues today, Miami Herald. Florida just declared a public health emergency over its blooming hepatitis A cases. With 56 new cases, yeah, I didn't know this either. Hepatitis A reported statewide in the week since the last reporting period. The Florida Surgeon General declared a public health emergency, allowing health officials to test and treat people suspected of carrying the virus. I'm declaring this public health emergency as a proactive step to appropriately alert the public to this serious illness and prevent further spread of hepatitis A in our state. Florida Surgeon General Dr. Scott, whatever, Rivkeys, I guess is his name, said, the best way to prevent hepatitis A is through vaccination. It's an important that we vaccinate as many high-risk individuals as possible in order to achieve herd immunity, meaning everybody is immune. The number of reported hepatitis A cases in Florida in 2019 rose to 2034 as of July 27th, up from 1,978 cases reported on July 20th. So it's gone up just in the past month. The Florida Department of Health said the critically impacted counties are Brevard, Citrus, Glades, Hernando, Hillsborough, Lake, Liberty, Manatee, right up the road from us, Marion, Martin, Okeechobee, Orange, Pasco, Pinellas, Sumter, Taylor, and Volusia. Notice I didn't say Sarasota. Good news yeah. there. Most of that area is in central and western Florida. The number of hepatitis A cases in Florida has exploded in 2019, with this year's 2034 cases nearly four times the 548 cases reported in all of 2018. So it is way up there, according to the health department. And there are five more months to be accounted for in 2019. So we could be six, ten times as much as last year. In 2014, just five years ago, there were only 106 cases in the whole state. The health department's figures show. Now, I will qualify what I just said because you don't know this, but about half of the church here comes from Manatee County. So you all are in the uh, hot zone. Be careful what you uh, get into there. From 6ABC, public health emergency declared in Philadelphia due to hepatitis A outbreak. So they got the same problem up there. Healthcare providers and other agencies have been directed to help vaccinate those at most risk for the infection in order to stop the outbreak. And then from Mail Online. Hepatitis A crisis declared in Florida and Philadelphia as rates soar nationwide. So it's everywhere blooming. In Philadelphia, 154 cases have been reported this year, up from just six last year. The rate in Florida has quadrupled, as we saw in the other article, from 548 to 2034. And rates are also high in other states, including Kentucky, with 4,793 cases this year. They got it way worse than we do. This is a bad outbreak. From morality, Breitbart, poll, 9 in 10 young Britons. This broke my heart when I read this. I just, it broke my heart. 9 in 10 young Britons believe their lives have no purpose. 
A nationwide poll has revealed that 89% of 16 to 29-year-olds believe that their lives have no meaning or purpose. The poll has also found that 30% of young people believe they are stuck in a rut, with 84% saying that they believe they are failing to live their best life. Across all age groups, over half of those surveyed believe that they were put on earth to be happy as they can be. That, that's their main purpose is to be happy. Okay, well, if that's your main purpose, you will never be a happy person. All right, it goes on. It says, um, while 37% believe that it is their role to make people happy around them. Well, that's pretty noble. With 31% believing humanity's purpose should be to do good works-based salvation in one way or another, it always fails. Every single religion on this planet, every one of them, I've been around this world and I have read about every religion you can name, every one of them is based on works with one exception. That is biblical Christianity. God did all of the work and all we have to do is believe. And no, saying Jesus is Lord is not a work. I get so tired of that people posting that kind of stuff. I don't have to say Jesus is Lord. Oh, that's written to the Jews and all that. Bad theology. Heaped on top of bad theology in the church today. You don't get married and fail to say, I do. You say, I do, and you get married. It's a sign. It's not a work. Okay? Anyway, I feel bad for these people in England. They think they have to do good in order to earn God's favor or whatever favor they're looking for. With religion being a major source of sense of purpose... A separate survey reported last month that those professing a Christian faith in the United Kingdom is at a record low, 38%, with only 1% of 18 to 24-year-olds identifying as belonging to the Church of England. That may be a good thing that they're not in the COE, but, you know, the problem is that they have let their faith in England just drop, 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 and now depression, anxiety, and, uh, you know, no purpose in life is going up, up, up. Christ is the answer, and people can't see it. From Fox, Victoria's Secret reportedly hires first ever transgender model. Mail Online, Procter & Gamble blames slumping Gillette razor sales on the popularity of beards among millennial men after facing boycott threats from customers over controversial ad campaigns. They've been pushing LGBT. People are sick of Gillette. They're not buying it. P&G revealed shaving brand Gillette has had an eight billion dollar write down. They've lost eight billion dollars because of their policies. Company spokesman believes that the personal grooming brand has been affected by the boom in men growing beards. They're so stupid they can't see what is going on right in front of their eyes. Market for men's shaving products is down 11% in the past five years. The brand was boycotted by some when it launched recent ads, one of which showed a transgender male shaving. Gillette's other controversial ad targeted toxic masculinity. They take it and say you're a bad person because you're a man and you want to be a man. Of course nobody wants to buy their junk. Our other category, I'm going to call this putting things in perspective, okay? I'm going to just talk about one subject today. That's it, putting things in perspective, and I will give you a hint of it. Somebody sent me this in the mail this week, and it is fantastic. This is from Nyberg Arms world-class rubber band guns, okay? This guy made rubber band guns, and he sent a letter with it. I'll read a little bit of it. Greetings from North Dakota. Uh, my whole family likes to watch your Prophecy Update, and we watch your sermons on YouTube anytime we can catch them live. He said, I made this gun, and 20 more like it last year, and tried to sell them. He's not having much success on the Internet selling them. And he said, um, as I watch your many updates, I get the distinct feeling you like guns and decided that you might like to have a rubber band gun, if only as a sort of reminder of your fans in North Dakota. Try to have fun with it and resist shooting it at those who fall asleep during the sermons. <laughs> Although that can be quite satisfying. Keep up the great sermons and work. And his name is Stefan Nyberg, and he sent me this. And hang on a minute, I'm going to show it to you, but first got to show you, it comes first with a a ammo box, which you cut out and you make your ammo box, okay? And then it comes with a supply of ammo. Yes, and it comes with an instruction manual. This is top quality stuff here. So, first I'm going to load it up. You can load up to eight rubber bands on it. I'm only going to do two just for, for sake. And you put it on there, and then you, um, wait a minute, did I do that right? You pull it back, and then you load up another one. You put it on here, and you put it here and you pull it back and it's quiet 
you can shoot people in the sermon and they won't know why you shot them. Bang, whoops, bang, bang, see? Blew up the wall. Look at the hole in the wall. So if you want a Nyberg arms gun, I want you to email me and we will get the information for you for this guy. And he, you can buy one from him because this is really, really cool. I am very happy with my... my How much does it cost? Um, I don't know. He didn't say, but we'll... we'll uh, if uh, you're interested, let me know and I will hook you up with him. It is very cool. And you just keep pulling it back, add on another rubber band. You can shoot eight people that are sleeping at one time. And nobody will know so you can reload and shoot the rest of them. Okay, putting things in perspective. Zero Hedge. Media focus on mass shootings shows disconnect from actual crime trends. As the Pew Research Center has noted in a survey in late 2016, 57% of registered voters said crime in the U.S. had gotten worse since 2008. At least some of these poorly conceived estimates of crime trends can likely be attributed to an ongoing media focus on mass shootings. They want to get rid of guns, and this is how they do it. But mass shootings are but a very small part of larger crime trends, and the overall trend has been downward for decades. The homicide rate in America in recent years has been half of what it was in the early 1990s. Indeed, for Americans born in the 1970s or after, the last few years have been the least homicidal years of their entire lives. Yes, it is true that the nationwide homicide rates have increased since 2014's 51-year low. 51-year low in 2014, rising from 4.4% homicides per 100,000 people in 2014 to 5.3%, 100,000 in 2017. But... The most recent data we have suggests that 2018 may be another down year for homicides. Nor is this trend just limited to homicides. This is important to note because sometimes observers of homicide data suggest homicides have only lessened because medical science means fewer assaults resulting in death. But we can also see that violent crime in general, including aggravated assaults, are down considerably from earlier peaks. Violent crime overall was at 382.9 per 100,000 during 2017, a near 45-year low. Now, you're not hearing that on the news, but that's the statistics right there. Next one, from Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's kind of a, he's a guy that believes in, you know, well, he teaches about the Big Bang Theory and all that. He's an evolutionist. He, he's not a Christian or anything, but he gave a great tweet after the shooting last week. In the past 48 hours, he said, the USA horrifically lost 34 people to mass shootings. On average, across 48 hours, we also lose 500 to medical errors, 300 to flu, 250 to suicide, 200 to car accidents, 40 to homicide via handguns. So that's the statistics, and he, he was barbecued for saying the truth. Barbecued. From the National Enquirer, or maybe it's just the Enquirer, this is Philadelphia. Philly's Archbishop Chaput, only a fool can believe gun control will solve mass violence. Now, this is a Catholic, and I'm in agreement with him. After a violent weekend in which two mass shootings claimed the lives of 31 people in Texas and Ohio, Philadelphia Archbishop Charles Chaput didn't offer thoughts and prayers. He offered criticism of those who think gun control is the solution. Chaput further wrote, The people using the guns in these loathsome incidents are moral agents with twisted hearts. And the twisting is done by the culture of sexual anarchy, personal excess, political hatreds, intellectual dishonesty, all on the left, and perverted freedoms that we've systematically created over the past half century. That guy is spot on. Spot on. I like the last one especially, perverted freedoms. NBC. Mexico vows to take legal action against the United States after El Paso massacre. They want to sue us and take legal action against us because of the shooting. Next article. New York Post. Mexico murder rate spirals out of control, hitting 94 killings a day. Mexico, 94 killings a day. And they want to accuse us? They want to sue us? Sue yourself. Mexico saw a record number of murders in the first six months of the year with an average of 94 killings per day. What is that, 180 days times 94? Go ahead, you can do the math. From CBS Chicago. What's that? No, half a year. Only the first half of the year, yep. CBS Chicago. Seven killed, 46 wounded in weekend shootings. It's destroying the fiber of our communities. 
That's one weekend in Chicago. We see it every single week of the year. Gun-free zone. Gun-free zone, too, nonetheless. Mail online. Chicago Hospital stopped accepting patients after trauma center is overwhelmed with shooting victims. Did you hear this on all the big news services? Mount Sinai Hospital had to temporarily stop admitting new patients on Sunday. It was filled with 12 victims at one point following multiple gang-related shootings. Keeping things in perspective here, Chicago Hospital had to divert ambulances to other trauma centers in the city. From the Daily Caller, only one country in the world has a higher homicide rate than the city of Baltimore. From Zero Hedge, Baltimore's homicide rate is 10 times the national average. National average. President Trump in recent days has reportedly attacked the city of Baltimore for its very low quality of life, denouncing it as rodent infested and noting it has a very, very high homicide rate. Well, it's difficult to find reliable stats on Baltimore's rodent population per capita, but we can consult the FBI crime data on Baltimore's homicide rate. When it comes to Baltimore being a haven of appalling violent crime, he's not wrong. The most recent homicide data from the FBI shows the city of Baltimore with a homicide rate of 55.8 per 100,000 population. That's a homicide rate comparable to El Salvador at 60 per 100K, Venezuela at 56 per 100K. Venezuela, which is completely in chaos. Baltimore has more homicides per capita than Honduras, Guatemala, South Africa, and Brazil. In other words, Baltimore's homicide problem is worse than those in many of the world's most violent countries. In contrast, the U.S. homicide rate in 2017 was 5.3 per 100,000, making Baltimore homicide 10 times larger than that in the U.S. overall. I'd like to say right now, if you took out the liberal cities, the liberal cities and their homicide rates, we are the lowest nation on this planet of homicide deaths with guns. The lowest, if you take out the liberal cities, okay? Go check the stats. The U.S. rate has fallen since 2007, but it has gone up significantly in Baltimore over that time. Baltimore, Chicago, St. Louis, you take these liberal cities out, and we are right at the very bottom of the list in the whole world. Keeping things in perspective. From the Times of Israel, journalists indignant after Trump blames shootings on fake news. U.S. president says gun violence will get worse unless journalism becomes fair, balanced, and unbiased. Well, that may not be true what he said, but... They are hypocrites because they're blaming him when he didn't have anything to do with it either, did he? From the Washington Examiner, Dayton Shooter reportedly supported gun control. He supported gun control. He's trying, just like that guy in New Zealand, to get guns banned by his actions. It worked in New Zealand. It won't work here. He also supported Elizabeth Warren and socialism. No surprise there. From the Hill. Obama calls on Americans to reject leaders who feed climate of fear and hatred. We did. We didn't elect his predecessor or the one that he supported because we don't want that anymore. And then from the AP, Obama, Americans must not let racist views become normalized. Well, then the left ought to stop making racist views normalized. All right. And then from Superior Word News. New York Times changes a headline after blowback from Democrats. Headline change from Trump urges unity versus racism, that was their first headline, to assailing hate but not guns. So they completely changed it back to the gun issue because all the libs got mad at him for saying he was trying to worry about, you know, unity and not racism. CBS Sacramento. Inquiries into license to carry classes up after mass shootings. Good. Every person that can carry a handgun in this nation should carry a handgun in this nation. You would have a very, very safe nation if people knew that anybody out there could be armed. All right. We had several instances of that this week where somebody went and stopped somebody that was carrying a gun in public because they wanted to see if they could test the laws. Okay. We had... At actual incidents in this week where people that were armed were able to stop these things. KTSP, I'm sorry, KSTP, little dyslexia there. Attacker kills four, wounds two in California, stabbing rampage. Take away all the knives, folks, just like they did in England. It's the only way you're going to cure the crime. You're not going to do it. You've got to cure the heart of these people, and you've got to be ready to defend yourself at all times, all times. 
Daily News. Here it is. Grandmother stopped 19-year-old Texas man from carrying out planned mass shooting. A month before two mass shootings left more than 30 people dead, a Texas woman stopped her grandson from going forward with his own planned attack, according to federal officials. William Patrick Williams, a 19-year-old man from Lubbock, told his grandmother in mid-July that he had just bought an AK-47 rifle and planned to shoot up a local hotel, then commit suicide by letting police kill him. Instead, Williams' grandmother, who had not been publicly identified, convinced him to go to the hospital for treatment. After the woman alerted authorities, she called on her own grandson, Good Grandma. Police found the gun in his rented hotel room along with 17 loaded magazines, multiple knives, a black trench coat, black tactical pants, a black t-shirt that read, let him come, and black tactical gloves with the fingers cut off, according to the DOJ. More than a week later, officials from the BATF were able to track down the firearms transaction form Williams had used to buy the gun and discovered, oh, he lied about his address and listed a relative's home instead of a roommate. Williams was charged with making false statements to a federally licensed firearms dealer and faces up to five years in prison. We stopped a mass killing because a grandmother understood that her grandson was mental. And we need to identify that. We need to, if you have somebody in your family, don't hide it. You know, call somebody and say, this guy needs help. That's the only way that's going to happen. Good grandma. Got a lesser cure for you. Let's see if you can figure out which article we're talking about. Evolution is truly a lie. Most Americans surely don't buy. Those that worship our God give creation a nod and give Darwin crew a black eye. Good job. There you go. And then we have a couple of ironies for you. I call this leaving clues behind. Mail online. Hapless bank robber, 54, is caught after he hands the teller a note demanding money that also had his name and address written on the back. <laughs> leaving clues behind. And then mail online. Florida, again, we have a lot of problems in Florida. Florida man, 20. <laughs> Florida man 20 found with cocaine on his nose during a traffic stop tells the cops that the drugs aren't his. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. Uh...